0: 4.14 in your King James Schofield Bible. Lord's willing, tomorrow they will begin roofing this building, uh, taking the shingles off and uh, recovering it. So if you come by and somebody's taking shingles off the building, they're supposed to be, amen? And uh, don't get alarmed. And uh, so Lord's willing, they'll... Uh, Get started on that. Again, let me remind you of a project. All you can do to help there, pray about it. And Lord moves your heart to help there. We'd certainly, certainly appreciate that. Praise the Lord for His goodness towards us. 1 Kings chapter number 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, now it's a little g-god, no sound, more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when, now I want you to notice something, he saw that. If you mark your Bible, you want to mark that phrase. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servants there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, "'It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's.' And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, "'Arise and eat.' And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay him down again.' And the angel of the Lord came again the second time. He touched him and said, "Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee." And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in strength the strength of that meat forty days and nights. Forty nights. Man, I'd like to have a slice of that, wouldn't you? And went in the strength of that meet forty days and forty nights under Horeb, the mount of God. Elijah has been looking at personal encounters with God. A moment with God that could change everything. Tonight we want to look at Elijah on the mountain. Let's go to, again to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Um Brother Zeke, how about you praying? Oh, yes, Lord. for being in house tonight. Be seated. We've been saying these past weeks that we believe in a personal God. And if that be the case, then we have the right to expect a personal encounter with Him. We've looked at Moses at the burning bush. We've looked at Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord. We've seen Gideon at wine press. And last week, we've seen Isaiah in the throne room. Well, tonight, with the help of God, we're going to look at Elijah on the mountain. But the reality is we'll see him in three places that defined this encounter. Now, let me say from, from the get-go, said it last week and I'll say it again tonight. Be careful trying to box God in to doing anything one certain way. The reality is he probably won't do that. As a matter of fact, all of these encounters have some similarities that we, we want to try to lift down. But the reality is they're every one very, very different. I want you to know we have a personal God. And tonight, if you don't know him, you can know him. And you should know him. We have a very personal God. And so tonight, let's look at three things, three places that Elijah found himself. Number one, we see Elijah is under the juniper tree. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. Now, that's also called, was called in that day, Had you lived that day? It was called a broom tree. And the reason it was called a broom tree, they made the brooms from the tree. So but it's called a broom tree. But Elijah's here, he's under this juniper tree. And he's burnt out, depressed, not sure what in the world to do. And uh, we don't expect the stage to be set for a divine encounter. And yet, if you've been with us in these studies, seemingly, God had to bring each of these to a certain place. Moses had been 40 years in that wilderness journey. Jacob wrestled all night long and with no victory. Gideon's hiding a threshing wheat in a wine press, scared, hiding for his life. And Isaiah, we saw last week. It's all he's broken-hearted. Great king, his hero, had just died, and nobody didn't know what was. It seems to be that God meets with us a lot of times in our brokenness and desperations. Maybe you're here tonight. You smiled when you walked in. But the truth be told, you're very broken, and desperate, not knowing really what you're going to do. You're in a good place tonight. You may not feel that way. You may not feel like that. But you are. You're in a very, very good place. Now I want you to understand why Elijah's under this juniper tree. Number one, He's under this juniper tree because of a spiritual warfare. Uh, I like to call it a demonic kickback. You read 1 Kings chapter number 18. And Elijah has taken on the prophets of Baal. And he tells them, he said, Listen, whoever's God answers by fire. That's who's going to be God. Now you four hundred, get out there and you get first shot at this thing. And so they get out there and they pray and they cry. Out. They cut themselves, and Elijah's over here making fun of them. He said, "Fellas, holler a little louder. Maybe your God's sleep. No, their God won't sleep. Their God's dead. Amen. And so no fire ever fell. But Elijah gets water, pours on the altar, soaks it down with water. That's a miracle in itself. Don't miss this. What's going on in the land at the time? A drought. They've got no rain for three years. Man, you're talking about a test of faith to pour water on an altar. In the midst of a drought. And so he drowns it with water and prays, and the fire falls, and great victory, and the people get excited and kill the 400 prophets of Baal. And the devil says, Hold it, not so fast. Hey, big boy, you don't think you're going to do that and get by with it, do you? You don't think you're going to take a stand and trust God and believe God and not have a spiritual, a demonic kickback, is what I call it. Spiritual warfare. I mean, the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, did Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, let the gods do to me. More also, if I may not die alive, as one of them by tomorrow about this time. Boy, Satan, he slapped a target on the back of Elijah and he's under a juniper tree. Now, I'm not wanting to create fear in you. The Bible says, God is not giving us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But bless God, we need to grow up. If you take a stand for God and serve God, and going to do something for God, there'll be some spiritual warfare's to be followed. Yeah. Bible says, First Kings 18 and verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, then Elijah said to him, Art he that troubleth Israel? Now, what a, what a contrast. And he answered the king, Ahab, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and have followed Balaam. It's inc- what a paradox. But sometimes the battle can be such that... Boy, I'm gonna tell you, he just he is one of as a matter of fact, you'll find in the text, he runs some twenty miles. So he's tired. May I say first reason he's there, spiritual warfare. Second, don't miss this. Because it's a successful victory. Right after his mountain peak expansion, don't forget that right after his mountain peaks expansion. Praise God. What a victory. Don't you worry. The battles came the next day. I have seen this so many times down through the years. I've watched God move and people get held and people praise God and then I've watched them very people Miss two or three services because they're not ready for uh, the fact that God blessed success after a great victory. He's had one of the greatest victories here. The Bible says that David, when the kings go to battle, if you'll read the life of David, you'll find he was very successful I mean they won one campaign after another after another. But you'll find that's when he fell to the temptation of Bathsheba and destroyed a lot of lives. After a success, you can be, be sure there's going to be a battle. And when he saw, now I want you to notice something. In verse number 40, in verse 46... Of chapter 18. I want you to look at that. Chapter 18 In verse 46. You got your Bible, ain't you? Amen. Got your Bible? Yes. Okay, good. Listen what he's saying. Matter of fact, I want you to read it with me. Are you ready? And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. Now I want you to read verse 4 of chapter 19. But he himself But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he himself. See, chapter 18. The hand of the Lord is on his life. But in chapter 19, because of the spiritual warfare, He's walking by sight now and not by faith. Now he's doing it himself. There's some not here tonight. And they believe they can live life all by themselves. May I say, there's probably a juniper tree waiting on them. The truth of the matter is, we need the hand of God. Amen? Man, I've seen God do some things in the last two or three weeks around this place. And I just praise His holy name that His hand is on this place. But notice, when He moved from the hand of God to doing it Himself, whenever you are doing it yourself, you're fixing to get in trouble. Notice something else. He's suicidal. Now, but not really. But not really. Now notice what he said. He's not really suicidal. Because just a few verses, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And here in verse number four, he's just saying, I tell you, Lord, take away my life now. That now I want to help you. When you find yourself in this place, you don't really make good sense, and you really don't mean what you're saying. Now let me tell you why. If you're interested in killing and dying, just hang around Jezebel. She'll help you out. She doesn't said she'd do it for you. As a matter of fact. Why didn't you just walk up to her house, her palace, say, hey Jess, I'm here. And she would have run a spear through you and not thought a thing about it. Truth of the matter is, he's not really interested in killing himself whatsoever. But in this place, he thinks he is. But he's not, but he thinks he is. Notice what else. Notice the solution. Now, his encounter with God is not here. And he lay and slept under a juniper tree. Behold, then, an angel. Now, God is, is not, this is not a, 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 um, um, an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's not called the angel of the Lord. There's, no, there's nothing that tells us God just sent an angel to minister unto him. And he's asleep in his rest. May I say, he needed he needed an intervention. He, he needed an angelic intervention just when he needed. The angel said, arise and eat. And he looked and there was some bread and some water. And then he lays back down to sleep. And then the angel woke him up again and said, arise and eat for the journey it's too great for you. Now listen, I'm gonna help you. When you find yourself under the juniper tree, under the broom tree, if you will, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta take care of yourself physically. You gotta eat and you gotta sleep. You gotta be physically. You gotta take care of yourself physically. He needed, he needed that. He's physically. Worn out and exhausted when you're physically tired. um, as a matter of fact, I I just one of my rules, if I'm physically tired and somebody calls me, said I'd like to meet, meet with you, I need to talk to you, I'll put it off a day. Because when I'm physically tired, it's not good, it's not it's not good to be in that position when you're physically tired. He was physically tired. So we see him here. He's un- Boy, I love that. And he arose and went 40 days and 40 nights on that food. Man, you talking about vitamin enriched. I mean, you're talking about the juice, of whatever it was. Boy, I read that and I said, Lord God, make me some of that. Made me some of it. He went forty days and forty nights on that food in that sun. So we see Elijah; he's under a juniper tree or a broom tree, if you will. Notice Elijah's in a cave. Verse number nine, and he came thither unto a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And said unto him, What doest thou care, Elijah? Now he's not under the juniper tree. Let me say this. Let me help you. God was not going to give him an encounter. Why need to help here? I can illustrate this way. I can illustrate this way. If God cannot move you from here to here, forget about an encounter. Forget it. If God can't move you up a pew to an altar, forget about an encounter. It's not going to happen. I saw this. I've read this, but I never noticed God was not going to give him anything if he said, No, I'm going to stay under this, this juniper tree. I'm tired. I I'm, I'm, No, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. He would have died under that juniper tree in that same place. God said, I want you to go into a cave. Gets up and goes to the cave. And God comes to him and says, "What doest thou here, Elijah?" Poor God, he had no idea Elijah's in the cave. How many believes that? Oh, poor God! Hey, angels, anybody seen Elijah? Where's he at? Somebody said, I think he's in a cave. He's in a cave. Do you really believe that? So the question is not for God. Who's the question for? God. Elijah. Now he knew he's saying what he's trying to do. It's one of them questions in these encounters that God just loves to do. What is your name? In other words, who are you really? What are you? Re- Jacob was a weasel, a conniving weasel. What is your name? No, I didn't say what people thought your name was. I'm asking you. He's asking Elijah, what are you doing here? He's wanting to hear what's in Elijah's heart. Now listen what Elijah tells him. He's moved him physically, but listen. And he said, I have been, verse 10, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets, and I even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it. <laughs> I just think you, know, you just don't know how bad I got it. So let me tell you how bad I got it. I mean, it's awful. Truth of the matter was, he said he's there physically, but he's spiritually still under the juniper tree. What had happened is this his time under the juniper tree had turned into a stronghold. Can I say this? Elijah truly believed he was the only one left. One year, I had a mission conference at the 4th of July. What a stupid time to have one. And down here in Little White Church, and everybody that week called me, we'll be going on vacation this week, Pastor. We'll see you next week. I called Cecil McKinney. I said, Cecil, there ain't no point in coming to church. There ain't gonna be nobody here. That's what I told him. Cecil, that old man of God. I mean, I was just, I was just uh, having a time, to, and said, old oh, man of God. Said, now, pastor, just calm down. Are you going to be there? I said, yes. He says, your wife gonna be there. I said, yes. He said, well, I'm gonna be there, and my wife, that's four. Bible says we're two or three. We done got enough. He said he'd show up. He said, pastor, don't worry. No matter how many shows up, we'll have church. Well, we ended up having a pretty good crowd that Sunday, anyhow. But I'm telling you, I done made up my mind, there wasn't gonna be nobody there. Ain't no point in having service. That's a lie. But I believed it. And Elijah believed he's the only one. Have you ever been there to where you felt like I'm the only one in this place and nobody understands. I'm the only one. Poor me. I mean, I'm the only one I'm telling you, he was there. But it had become a stronghold. And I, I thought about so many people. God's going to give him an encounter. But he had to move him to a spot, to hold an area. Had to move him to a place to shake him out of his stronghold, to position him to having an encounter. I'm so glad you're here tonight. I truly am. When I look over his congregation, especially Sunday night and Wednesday night, I see a people that has the potential for an encounter with God. You position yourselves. See, it was real easy for you to come to the church tonight, but it wasn't easy for everybody. Some people sat at home and weighed whether oh, they ought to come or not. Truth be told, no doubt, they some wondered whether oh, it was even worth it to come. But you came. And God is positioning him in this cave. What are you doing here, Elijah? He's trying to shake him out of the stronghold that's got him in that place. Now notice, he sends him, he's first under the juniper tree, or bloom tree. Now, He's in a cave. And now, third, God sends him to the mountain. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by with a strong wind, rent the mountains and break it in pieces and rocks before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in a fire. Now notice, we saw him under a juniper tree. We saw him in a cave hiding, still complaining. Now we see him on the mountain, waiting and watching. It's interesting. He's on the mountain physically. Hold it. Come on! Where did all this start? On a mountain. Well, I suppose that just caught God off guard. He wasn't prepared for that, was He? It started on a mountain. And God... Takes him right back to a mountain. He's on that mountain. And I love this. I just love this series of lessons. Because I've learned so much myself. He sits in there and he's sitting and waiting. Watching. God says, okay, go forth. Stand upon the mount. Hold it. Time out. Well, God, you only give me a divine encounter. You know my address and you can save me just exactly where I'm at. May I say, God's never done that. He probably never, never will. Matter of fact, again, God can't move you. One inch from where you're at. He probably can't give you an encounter. Because he's moved him out beneath a juniper tree. He's moved him in a cave. And now he says, you go forth. He says, you get up and go. I don't want to go. I don't care where you want to go. to the mountain. And he says, God, do you remember the prodigal son I said mentioned me this morning? The turnaround for that prodigal son started when he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. That's where his turnaround came. Saying to him, I have sinned against heaven against your sight and no more worthy. Because it started when he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. There's something about God moving us into those encounters. I don't know. It's it's like God's wanting to say, do we really want it? So Elijah's on this mountainside. It's on Mount Horeb, as a matter of fact. And and you know Mount Horeb is Mount Sinai. And you know some awful supernatural stuff has already taken place. And Elijah's over there. And about that time a wind blows through and rids the mountain. Wow. Say standing straight up, his clothes are disheveled from the wind. Surely God's in this. But he's not. Then God sends an earthquake. I mean shakes the whole place. But God's not in there. Then God sends a fire. Surely, God was in the fire that burned up the sacrifice. Surely, God's in the fire. But God's not in the fire. All through the Bible You'll find God showing up in earthquakes and fires and all kinds of stuff. And I got to thinking, why is he not showing up in all this? And I'll tell you why he's not. Because that old prophet Elijah didn't need to see God in a fire. He didn't need to see God in an earthquake. He didn't need to see God in the wind. Elijah needed to hear a whisper. God came and gave Elijah what he needed. He didn't need all the racket. He just needed to hear A still, small voice. He needed to hear God whisper to him. That's all he needed. He didn't need all the other. You realize his divine encounter. Moses needed a bush burning. Moses needed a bush burning to get his attention. Jacob. Need a wrestling match. He's stubborn. Good God, he's stubborn. He needed a wrestling match. There's no way he's going to win. Boy, I tell you, Isaiah, after his heroes died, he needed a vision of the throne room. seeing God. You know Gideon, he he needed a, a stern voice. Gideon, the mighty man of valor. He needed words to say, you're more than what you are right here. But Elijah needed a still small voice. What I'm trying to tell you is this. God can give you exactly what you need that you will hear And give him attention. You know, sometimes God's had to whack me inside the head to get my attention. Sometimes he's got to put me in a mess. I can't get out get my attention. But I want you to know, I know what that still small voice is to. And that's what I want. I want... I don't want God to have to judge me to get my attention. I don't want God have to have to shake my world to get my attention. I would just assume him coming, in a still, small voice and whispering to my heart. Now, let me say this. That's what Elijah needed. That's what he needed. And to not... To not... I believe there's another reason God shook, blowed the wind, shook the world, set down the fire. I believe there's another reason, not for Elijah, but for you and I to understand God can send whatever He wants to to your life. God can send anything He wants to and when He wants to. But for Elijah, he needed a still small voice. And he got his encounter. And I love this. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out, and stood in the entrance the and entered into another cave. Behold, there came a voice and said, What dost thou hear, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts, because of the children of Israel it goes on down. And Lord said unto him, Go return in thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. When thou comest unto Isaiah to be king of Assyria, and Jehu, the, uh, and he goes, oh, I'm gonna read all this for the sake of time, but he goes on to say he commissioned him and put him back to work. He said, Time to get out in the, the Jupiter tree, time to get out of the cave, time to get off the mountain and get back to work. Mate, tonight, you here. That's still a small voice. And he had his encounter. And it changed him. A moment with God. That's all standing on feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Do you need an encounter tonight?